With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Jerry Eves, Sports Radio. That's a brand name. Like Pepsi. That's a brand name. I stand behind it. I guarantee it. They know that even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mill. Good morning and welcome to Eve Sports Radio. Call now, 502-571-7900. You can tweet Jerry at JerryEves5 or send us a message on our Facebook page. This is Eve Sports Radio on Sports Talk 790. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? It's hump day. Hump day? Hump, hump, hump day? Hump, 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 hump day? Hump day. Welcome back to Eve Sports Radio. And yes, it is hump day. It is overcast and dreary outside, but still, we needed the rain. God's always on time. Maybe not on our time, but he's always on time. It is June the 21st, 2023. Of course, it is Wednesday, hump day, for people that have normal jobs, Monday through Friday. Some people like myself don't have jobs. I just do things. And then some people are just wealthy. So, I mean, we all fall in one of the three categories. That's all. But the bottom line is this. I've got a (laughs) – guys, I've told you I've had special guests. And this one, (laughs) I've got so many stories other than Coach Crum at the University of Louisville. And you're talking about accomplishing things. There's no one close to this guy. And I'm telling you, he's a straight military Marine. His name is Coach Bill Olson. And I've got stories and he's got stories. And we're going to talk about all the great days in Louisville and all the tough decisions that he had to make at the University of Louisville and all the decisions that he made that put Louisville on the trajectory that it is and was and is today. And his vision and some of his hires and some of the things that he started at the University of Louisville. So, And we've got some stories from some former players that, uh, without a doubt, you are not going to believe it when you hear it. All I can say is, I turned him in for child's abuse. He beat me up so bad, I didn't know what happened to me. But he's going to deny. Coach Olsen is going to deny. <laughs> but we're going to have Coach Olsen on with us today at 7.15. And we're going to have a great show. So make sure, tape it, tune in. You don't have to tape it because you can go to iHeartMedia and play it back anytime you want to. Matt loads it and you can listen to it over and over and over again. And Matt. You can cut this one up because we're going to use this one as a best of because this one is going to be funny and educational. I'm telling you. So we'll have coach on. I can't remiss. I just can't that today 
at 1057 will be officially summer. I love warm weather. I really do. And we haven't had any yet. It's fairly cool outside right now and raining, which we needed the rain. But this Ohio Valley weather is without a doubt is crazy. We have no idea what we're going to get. But summertime does start today at 1057. And for all the people that have the swimming pools in their yard, like my neighbors and have the swimming pools in their communities, I've heard people try to get in. They say the water is ice cold because it is not warmed up at all. And guys, we're rock throw from 4th of July. We're truly stumbling from falling into 4th of July, and it's not warm at all. My grass is still green, guys, and I told you uh, that was before the rain. It hadn't dried out yet, and it's almost July. So summertime is here. Let's make sure we try to enjoy it the best that we can. If it will ever show up, I need it to show up. Everyone says, oh, I go in the house in the 90s. I go outside in the 90s. My body, these replacement parts, these bad hips, this left knee that has to come out, partially because of Coach Olsen, I'm blaming everything on him. I'm telling you all, I'm going to blame all my ailments on Coach Olsen. It needs the warm weather. So, Let me get to some other sports items. We all know that the NBA draft is coming up Thursday, and tomorrow's show will be all NBA. Uh, Everyone knows I always go to the NBA draft, but not this year. Um, I've got issues, and I've got to stay and make sure my mom's good. She's doing great, but it's just not the time to leave. And Coach is going to talk to you about coaches' lives and how much time that we've missed away from our families because of this sport that we play and we love. We would do it again. I know Coach Olson would do it all over again, everything from Westport High School all the way through. I would also. I've got a lot of people, and, you know, I love my Bruin Nation, but I've got a lot of Bruins that I played with that are not fond of their years at Ballard. They're not. They said the regiment was too hard, thought it was too strict. I'm being honest with you. I mean, I loved it. I'm going to be honest, but – It's not for everyone. It is a sacrifice that people don't understand. They really don't. But especially in the high school ranks and when your parents are running around to all the AAU and all the YMCA games, which is what I used to play in. There was no AAU. We went to YMCA in your neighborhood. Your parents didn't have to take you across the country. But there's still sacrifice. So we're going to get into that also. But, hey, guys, no matter what. As much flack as my Cincinnati Reds have taken and the Cincinnati Reds fans and ownership, guys, 39 and 35 on a 10-game winning streak. Okay, Colorado's not good. I understand that, you all, but I don't care. Winning a professional game is the hardest thing in the world to do. Beat the St. Louis Cardinals twice, Kansas City three times. Houston Astros three times in Houston. Uh, Let me say that again. Those are world champs. Three times. Two to one, ten to three, and nine to seven. In Houston. Come back home and they're just rolling the Rockies. So here's what happens today. They'll match. Play today. I want to say the game's at 12 o'clock-ish. 12.35 p.m. They'll roll the Rockies and have an 11-game winning streak. Last time they did that was 1940 for the Cincinnati Reds, and that's the year that they won the World Series. 
So I'm not saying that they're going to do that, but I'm still saying that uh, they have great young talent. We know that now. We can see it. I want Green, the pitcher, to come back off IR, like Greg Galliette told us, because they need Green's pitching ability. Number one draft pick a few years back that is panned out. De La Cruz, my goodness. <laughs> that young man from the Louisville Bats has gone into the major leagues with a bang. Uh, that he's That's a bang. Three hits yesterday in their win. So, you know, Joey Votto, I'm still working on my interest-free loan with his home run. But just congratulations to the Reds, the Reds fans that have stuck with them. Hey, Gary, we got something to talk about now with the Reds. So uh, let's just continue to pull for them and the community and the ownership because they've taken a lot of flack, a lot of flack. And let's just hope that the Reds can continue. But what the Bats have playing for them and the Bats have another great young talent, they've got talent in the pipeline. The Reds legitimately have young talent in the pipeline that could be very advantageous for them in future years. So, guys, let's just make sure that uh, everyone understands what is going on and what has transpired and make sure we enjoy this run that the Cincinnati Reds are on. And the Louisville Bats, Greg Galliott, I do have the two tickets. So next week I will give them away. Um, We'll come up with a creative way to where on July the 3rd, you'll be able to go out, uh, I think it's 4th of July weekend, and they're going to have their 4th of July show, and it should be a fantastic show, and we'll find a way to give them away. I've already had people, my friends, you know, I've got friends that are no good. I want those tickets. I'm like, no. Then they went from my friend to, you know, I'm a gangster. His name's Martin Dunbar. I want those tickets. I said, okay. Now that you're threatening me, I do have police officers, friends. Martin Dunbar, my best friend, threatened me, and I want him to take it seriously. So he works at Ford off Westport Road. Go get him. He's got a black F-150. Go get him. Anyway, guys, we have got the the Coach Olsen on the line. I'm going to go to break. Thank you, Matt. I'm going to go to break. And when we come back, we always talk about Coach Crum and guys we have to. That man was the very best, okay? But when you're talking about a person that was a cardinal to heart, went to University of Louisville along with his brother that people have forgotten, and has committed his life to the University of Louisville, well, guys, we're going to bring him on after the break. This is Eve Sports Radio. My phone number is 502-571-7900. We'll be back with the coach and athletic director, Bill Lawson. Welcome back to Eve Sports Radio. Let me tell you something. Before I bring this man on, I have to read something that was sent to me. And it's for Coach Olson, so I want him to hear this. This is from the boss. I call her the boss, but they're personal friends for years. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Her name is Judy Calgill. Tell Bill hello and can't wait to hear some of his stories. 
He's a great guy. We share some great memories at Louisville over the years. Give him my best. And that's how most people feel about Coach Olsen, other than myself, because he beat me up. Let me introduce this guy to you. He was a four-year letterman, shortstop, on the Cardinal baseball team. Served as a student assistant managing coach, 1960-62, to 62, after lettering one year on the Louisville basketball team. After a successful high school career, coaching career, at Westport High School, Terry Howard, Rhodes, they were very good. Dale Dunn uh, nurtured some very good players. Coach Olsen joined John Dromo's basketball staff in 1969 and continued as a Cardinal assistant coach until his appointment as athletic director in 1980. He oversaw, of course, the 1980 National Championship, of course. We were going to talk about that. He oversaw $15 million while 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 keeping the athletic and academic advancement of Louisville student-athletes in the forefront, Coach helped, and listen to me now, he helped University of Louisville win its first national champion in 1980. He helped recruit, I think, the best team Louisville ever had, which was the 76 team. As an athletic director, he went on to help Coach Crum win a 1986 NCAA championship. In 1985, I say the greatest hire in Louisville history was bringing the Howard Snellenberger, a Kentucky man, which I'm going to ask him about, to the University of Louisville. 1991, Louisville destroys Alabama in the Fiesta Bowl, I think the greatest win football-wise we've ever had. He built Cardinal Stadium. He did. There was an addition put on, but the building of Cardinal Stadium was, of course, Coach Olsen's doing. The sports park was developed. I saw the plans. When he used to call me to his office to scold me, I may have spent too much money on a recruiting trip, and he and Betty Jackson would call me in on pennies. I mean, you all, Jerry, that was $12. That hotel was $72. The limit's 60 You all have no idea how Coach Olsen counted pennies, guys, and Betty Jackson. Coach Olsen's probably forgotten Betty. <laughs> oh, they did not play when it came to money. Guys, he resurrected the football program and helped the basketball program and his brother, which people have forgotten is all throughout the record books, but Olsen at the university of Louisville, Matt, please bring on the well-known and my friend Bill Olsen to the show. Bill coach. How are you? Coach. I can't hear you. Coach. Hmm. He's on. Can you hear me? Can you hear now, me now? Coach, you must have us on mute. We heard you for a second, Coach. Keep trying. I, you can hear me now. Now I can hear you now, Coach. What are you trying to do, Coach? I told you you were going to try to get off. You can't get off this show today, Coach. I have you. Well, you've you've built me up so much that I don't know if I can do the show now. <laughs> I can't live up there. Well, let me tell you, Lancaster Gordon threatened me. He said, if you're not nice to Coach Olsen, I'm going to come looking for you. So I said, Lancaster, I've got him. I'm going to be good to Coach. <laughs> he and Charles Jones, well, Police you. Officer Jones, said, do not, do not insult our coach because we'll come looking for you. I said, I got you too. I understand. But, Coach, before we get started, before we get started, you do know that we were turning you into – Everything, there was no such thing as child abuse in our day, but we would have turned you in. There's no question. 
because you used to try to hurt us, Coach. As freshmen at University of Louisville, you tried to personally break us. So I've got a gentleman, Coach, that I'm going to have my producer, Matt, bring on that wants to tell you something that he's been wanting to tell you now for 45, 50 years. Matt, please bring on the Tony Branch to the show. Tony. Hey. hey. Yes, I'm here. Tell Good coach morning, Tony. Hey, Coach Olson. I'm so glad. Good morning, Coach Olson. I'm so glad that, that Jerry. I'm so glad Jerry has you on and and uh, can give some of that historical background uh, that you set that base uh, for Louisville to get really uh, started and in moving into the upper echelon of college sports. But uh, you, you you've done so much over the years. You you. And, and so many people and so many players, you've probably forgotten this this story here. But um, I got to Louisville, and uh, my two of my mentors were Rick Wilson and Philip Bonds. And Philip Bonds tells me, uh, Jerry, that Coach Olsen plays all the freshmen. He gets you out there, and he goes one on one, and he's about you know six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's a former Marine. He's going to get you out there. He's going to bully you down to the basket like Carl Malone uh, of the Utah Jazz. And he's, he can use either hand around the basket. He shoots it with either hand. He's going to play make it, take it, and he's going to beat you. And he says he's never going to play you again. He says he beats all the freshmen, and that's what he does to them. I was pumped. You know, I, you know why You know why we did that? Uh, why did you do that? We didn't make we wanted to make sure we didn't make a mistake in recruiting you. <laughs> That's why we did it. So I, I, I didn't recruit you. Jerry Jones did, so I didn't know that you were as good as you were, so I underestimated you. That was number one mistake that I made. So I was pumped. I, I was pumped. And so one day, Coach Olson calls me out, and I'm, he doesn't know that I'm ready. I mean, I was pumped. It was like we were in the NCAA tournament. So I get the ball. I I didn't miss. And so uh, I finally, I hit that last shot. It was close, tough, rough game. I was bruised up, Jerry. I know you were. Co- coach, played physical, coach played physical and rough. I was bruised up. I took, you know, got that chest in there, blocked him up, blocked him out. And I, I edged him out. Of course, he's beaten so many players and so many people, he doesn't remember probably. And so I think he threw that ball at about 95 miles an hour right back at me and said, let's play another one. And so I said, Coach, I'll never play you again. <laughs> and and listen, the, the expression on his face was, I mean, it's indescribable. So that that's my story about and and I I told Coach Olson that uh, not too long ago that story and of course he, you know he he's beat so many people he's such a winner uh, he's erased that from his memory <laughs> but he told he told me the only 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 guy that's ever beating uh, and I, I I said only two guys he said the other one was Wesley Cox yes so so okay, that tell us about more. that guy. There's two, Who's there's that? two more that uh, Wesley Cox and Jim Price. I played them wow. many, many times. The one guy that was afraid to play me again was Tony Branch. There was a guy from Michigan <laughs> City that came, came to Louisville. After I played him, he refused to play anymore. And it was a game that 
make or take uh-huh. it means that if you make the shot, you keep the ball. So Tony ran it, ran the whole. If I'd have got the ball one time, he wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I kept thinking about it, thinking about it. How could that have happened? It was a mistake to let him have the first shot. I underestimated him. I let him have the ball. He made that first shot, and he made nine more after that. The game was over, and he refused to play. Now, anybody that had played one-on-one, you know that you should have a rematch, especially a freshman coming in shouldn't be that arrogant and cocky like he was. But he refused to play. And I, the reason I was good at one-on-one was when I was in the fourth grade, my brother Bud outgrew me. He grew four or five inches taller than me. So he, we would play one-on-one every day as kids growing up. And I learned to back him under and play him and play him and play him as good as I could play him, but he was much taller. And I couldn't stop him from scoring, and I never beat him. He was one that – but I learned to play one-on-one because I played against him most of my life until I came to Louisville. And then, People don't know, Bud Olson's records are still in the record books at the University of Louisville. He was an NBA basketball player. He's one of the best to come through the doors at the University of Louisville. Go ahead, Coach. No, that's that – well, he was, and he was. He he reminded me when I saw Larry Bird the first time. I came back and I told Coach Domo about him, and he said, "Who does he remind you of?" And I said, "My brother Bud. He could handle the ball, pass the ball. Bud was one of the best passing big men in the country. But he could shoot and play. Other than he could score, but he was a great teammate. He was a lot like Larry. Larry was like a point guard at six, seven, six, eight. He had grown like Bud did over the summer. He grew about six or seven. When he was a junior, he was only six one or six foot. He grew seven inches. And so he'd grown up being a point guard. So he had the point guard skills, which made him special. No, no question. Tony, I'm so glad that you got him. See, when we came in 1980, he didn't grab us as quickly. I don't know if he thought we were soft or if Derek Smith would have hurt him because that was his recruit. And they'd still be playing today. Neither one would have quit. <laughs> Tony, if Derek would have lost, he'd have made Coach play again. And if Coach would have lost, he'd have made Derek play again. They'd still be in the gym. Crawford Gym would have never gotten torn down. <laughs> oh, definitely. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Most definitely, and Jerry, Jerry, I want to correct you on one thing. Uh, that that seventy five seventy six team was a great team, but the best team in Louisville history is seventy nine eighty, the eighty championship team. Okay, Tony, you, I have no problem with that. I was on that team. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Olson, what do you think before we let Coach Branch go? Those two teams, your opinion? You're putting him on the spot. Team? 
Put him on the spot. He loves Junior Bridgman. They were just he just texted Junior and I a picture. I'll let him talk about it. But which one was the best team of the two, Coach? Well, I'm going to do a Danny Crum, and I'm not going to answer that one. They were both great. <laughs> we should have won it in '75. We were the best team in that tournament that year. You were you were? Yes. A lot and of cat was, fans are going to differ I, about that, though, Coach. A lot of cat fans said they, they, they wanted us in San Diego. They did not want us. I know most of those players. They did not <laughs> want to play us. Best thing happened was that we got beat by UCLA in the overtime. But if that hadn't happened, we were we were the best team that year, just like we were many of those years. We should have won m- multiple national championships. After 1980, the teams were better in the early 80s, uh, or just as good. Mm-hmm. You're right, coach. Things look, takes luck sometimes and. Coach Crum always said I'd rather be lucky than good. I'd rather be good and lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To win a national championship takes we luck. Were, yeah, take, well, take, took Tony Branch did it. Yes. And, uh, yes. It, it was he, he had good memories of what he did as a freshman. That that gives you a lot of confidence when you, when you can beat somebody that's undefeated. It's, it's only to lose to Wesley Cox and <laughs> Jim Price. Jim Price, both of you. He toughened us up. Pardon toughened me? us up. Toughened us up, Tony. Tony, I turned him in. I'm telling. I turned him to every agency I could find. They said, "That's Coach Olson. We don't. T- we don't mess with him." Oh, toughened us up. What? He was a Marine. He beat me. He right. really beat me up. Tony, do you remember the little blocking pad when we had to be strong around the basket and Coach Olson would have I do. a football blocking dummy. He hit everybody in the body, hit them across the arms. When I came up, I don't know why, he and Richard Smitza, he used to just beat me in the head with it. I'm like, Coach, this is personal. He's like, without a doubt. He never hit me in the body. He hit me in the head. He just stroked it across my neck. I mean, Coach, coach toughened us up. He was trying to hurt Derek and I. I'm telling you. Not, not really. They didn't have a – Jerry, they didn't have a three-point shot back in those days. And the only way you could have a three-point field goal was to make that basket. When you're when you get to the basket, you got to finish. You got to finish. And that that blocking dummy taught you to finish. And when you get hits, you got to still finish that shot. And, that is uh, so true. That's so true, Coach. That blocking dummy was. I mean, we finished around the hoop, Tony Branch. Three point plays were yes. natural for us because Coach Olson beat. Yes, us. we did. Guys, I'm gonna the only two second break. Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. Mm-mm. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the only two fights I remember in my at Louisville. Back in the day, was uh, Coach Crum uh, had had could not be at practice, and Coach Olson was running those practices. Mm. I mean, those were no, they were that, that was no joke. When they say Coach Crum was out of town, boy, you'd see people pulling up injured, sick. Coach Olson's running practice. You'd hear us in the locker. Oh Lord, <laughs> no. You know why I did that? I wanted you to appreciate Coach Crum. You, some of you guys didn't appreciate what you had at that time. You do now as you look back on it. Yes, sir. At that time, I think I think the key to what, what you guys were able to accomplish was having a coach like Denny Crum that you love playing for. And when you finish practice, you look forward to coming to practice again the next day. Yes. You never yes. ended a practice. It was on a high note and uh, – I think the players played better in, in 
the end of the season because uh, you were disciplined, you ran your, you executed your offense to perfection. You could run plays out of timeouts that had been practiced. That that wasn't luck. That was something that you had practiced. And Coach Crum, when he diagrammed that play and he went on the floor, you executed it because you had done it over and over and over. The hardest thing sometimes is an assistant coach back in those days. It was boring to come to practice. We would do the same things over and over, over and over, 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 over. sign all the fundamentals. And and we had the talent, but there, a lot of kids had talent, but they didn't have talent that could execute like we did. And uh, and then a lot of teams were ready to go on spring break, come come to NCAA tournament, postseason tournament. They were worn out. They were tired of playing, tired of going to practice. Mm-hmm. Our players always looked forward to going to practice. They didn't want to ever end the season. A lot of teams, I think, are worn out at that time. Coach Crum was like a horse trainer. He had his horse running in that finish. As they finished that, around that last quarter of the race, we were running better than almost any team in America. That's a fact, Coach. I could not get my team, and that's 100% correct. I had worn my team out. I know that. I had pushed them too hard, and Coach was just the opposite. He always had us primed to make that run. Guys, I got to pay some bills. Tony, I appreciate you. We're going to get to some business after this. I've got the Bill Olson uh, on the line. Love you, Tony. Esports Radio, phone number is 572. I love you, Tony. Nice talking to you. 571-7900. Talk to you all after the break. Welcome back to Esports Radio. It's June the 21st, 2023. Summer will start at 1057 today. It's not going to start, but it's supposed to start. I've got the athletic director and coach Bill Olson on the line with me. And Coach Olson, I want to start. Uh, first thing I want to tell you is thank you for the letter that you sent me about three years ago from my dad to you, um, telling you congratulations for your appointment as the athletic director in 1980. That was something just to see a letter from my dad and his signature really sent me back. So I want to tell you, I appreciate that. But, after being hired as athletic director after the 1980 National Championship, you made a decision to resurrect that football program. And you made a decision to go get a gentleman named Howard Schnellenberger, who was a University of Kentucky man. What was in that decision-making process, and why did you do that? We were financially, we were having troubles, and the reason that the president offered me the job, he, he said that he wanted me to balance the budget in five. He gave me five years to do it. And uh, I thought the only way that we can balance the budget, football has to start carrying its own weight. We were losing over a million dollars in football a year. The budget was only $2 million. And all the other sports, they were, they were only a few hundred thousand dollars for the total expense for all those budgets. Coaches were part-time. They were working outside the university. Probably a lot of coaches not making more than five thousand dollars a year, and having to subsidize their their income by outside jobs. Mm-hmm. So we had the only sport that I could see that could make money and to be able to do more things in order to build facilities, give scholarships to all the teams. We were many many of those non-revenue sports didn't have full scholarships, or they only had part. So they were competing against teams that were fully scholarship with great facilities. We didn't have facilities and we didn't have scholarships. Uh, for out-of-state, the university was charging us out-of-state tuition. for, And so I restricted all the 
non-revenues producing sports to recruiting in-state student-athletes. The uh, women's basketball and volleyball were the only two sports that could go out of state. We've subsidized their budgets with full-time coaches and gave them more, more to work with. Mm-hmm. Football was the only answer that I could see. And I'd been an assistant athletic director from 1975 to 1978. Dave Hart was the athletic director at that time. Okay. I was working for him in the summers. They had given me this to, I think that, that the intent was to give me more, more money so that I wouldn't take a head coaching job. But it gave me an experience that I could never have had without that opportunity. And I tried to convince Mr. Hart that football could could make it if we tied it to basketball. We had to combine it and make make the football. In basketball, we had a good good season ticket base, about eight thousand at that time. But football, we were giving away tickets. Tickets cost three dollars to get in. You could go to convenient pick up a, a coupon and get in for a dollar. Yes, and, and I remember those days. You just couldn't. So, but that that I tried to get them to understand that if if you made the season ticket holders in basketball buy the football tickets, that then you could increase your football ticket base to where it would be be close to being profitable. So that was one of the things that I knew right from the beginning. When I 1980, I was ready for the job. I knew what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. We were going to first of all, we weren't selling out in basketball. That's hard to believe, but in the 70s, as good as Junior Bridgman's teams, a lot of games, there was only seven or 8,000 people there. Right. The big games, Cincinnati, Memphis State, and, uh, Tennessee, Ohio State, te- teams like that, the fans could go to the ticket office and buy those tickets. Those right. games were sellouts, but they wouldn't buy the season ticket. So the first thing I did, I made you buy the season ticket to get the premium games. And that was that was easy. So we sold out after the 1980 championship. The first year that I was AD, we sold Freedom Isle out. Yes. And then that gave gave us the opportunity to leverage the basketball program. When we renovated Freedom Hall, we we assigned seats to after the renovation. And anybody that didn't have a season football ticket went to the end of the line. That was an easy decision, and that. That that increased our football season tickets from probably at that time four thousand, four or five thousand to fifteen thousand, the same number that we had in basketball. Everybody bought the tickets. Right. And uh so Howard when uh we weren't winning in the early eighties. We had a good product, but we didn't have a marketing department that I didn't have a marketing director. So we had volunteer marketing people from the community helping us put together our marketing plans. And they said, Coach, you can't, you can't, you have to have truth in advertising. You can't go out and try to sell a product that you really don't have a good product. So they were selling sizzle. They didn't, they didn't sell football. They said, let's sell sizzle. Let's have the tailgating, tailgate parties, the cheerleaders, the band. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun. So that's what we were doing, though. Everybody would come. Most people, a lot of people wouldn't even come in the stadium. They'd come and tailgate. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it would, it wouldn't, the stadium would be half empty playing. And uh, so I made a decision. Bob Weber was our coach. He was one of the nicest guys to ever coach at the University of Louisville. 
but we had, if we were going to go big time, we had to get a, a big time coach. And Howard Schnellenberger had left the University of Miami to take a pro job, and that didn't materialize for him. So he was really out of out of work and available. And uh, I called Gil Brandt, the director of player, player personnel for the Dallas Cowboys, and asked him to give me names of the best football coaches that we could hire. And he he, he put Howard Schnellenberger as the number one coach that was out there. But he said, Bill, I don't think that you have a chance of getting him, so I'm going to give you some some other names. And he gave me the Bowden and Brown, Brown's background and a lot of younger coaches that we probably could have hired at that time. But uh, I said, well, Howard Schnellenberger's from Louisville. I think we'll make a try at him. So Tom DeMuth, who had gone to school with Howard at Flagey, was a friend of Howard's, and I he was on the marketing committee. And Tom, after we lost to Murray State early in the year, Tom said, Coach, when are we going to quit selling sizzle and start selling football? I said, next year. He said, you have anybody in mind? I said, Howard Schnellenberger. He said, he's my buddy. So I, we, we flew down to Miami, met with Howard. This is in September. That was the first meeting to try to recruit Howard. And uh, so we met with Howard, and he looked at the future schedules, and he said uh, that he, he might be interested. He had an agent at the time named Robert Fraley. He said, you'll have to talk to my agent. But Robert Faley had, he represented uh, Payne Stewart and uh, Greg Norman. He had played quarterback for Howard at, at, at uh, Alabama. So financially, we, we knew we were in the ballpark. It wasn't going to be a decision that was based on money. Okay. Howard wasn't making that much in Miami. Uh, their budget wasn't as good as ours. Our basketball income was far superior to the University of Miami. And back until Howard had him, when he won that Orange Bowl game in 1983, they, they, they weren't selling that many football tickets. Okay. Their football program, he put them on the map when he beat Nebraska in that Orange Bowl game. He did. So anyway, he was he was impressed with our budget. What we, we WHS was our flagship station at that time. And, I was really, I think he was really shocked that we were doing that well financially at that time. Okay. He came in and we were successful in, in getting him to, it was one of those, like you, when you're recruiting, that recruiting class that we got with you and Scooter and Wiley Brown and Derek, it was one of those things as an athletic director that I really enjoyed that time spending from September until we finally got him to stay say right, yes. Stay right there, Coach, because i got to get my last break in so that you'll have a good stretch of about eight minutes to finish. That's the Bill Olson. Oh. He's talking about the hiring of Howard Snellenberger. Eve Sports Radio will be back in a minute. Welcome back to Eve Sports Radio. It is, of course, 7.52. I have the athletic director, Bill Olson, former athletic director, Bill Olson, my athletic director forever, University of Louisville. Coach, we know what Snellenberger did for the program, thrashing Alabama in 1991. But more importantly, Coach, Coach Bill Olson would also launch the efforts to obtain an on-campus stadium for the football program, convincing local banker Malcolm Chansey to hit the fundraising campaign. 
More than 4,000 fans pledged nearly 15 million of lifetime seating rights in the initial phase of the stadium's fundraising efforts in May 1993. These were followed by major gifts from Papa John's, Brown Foreman, Hanover Bush, Bank One, Keel Brothers Oil, United Parcel Services, uh, Coca Pepsi Cola, uh, Dr. Ben Reed, the city of Louisville, and Jefferson County helped. Coach, let's talk about that football stadium and that sports park. The football stadium you got done before you left the sports park. I saw the diagrams in your office when you were, you know, scolding me over $12, which you did. Tell me how you got that idea to build the football Cardinal Stadium. Well, we didn't have a good place. The fairgrounds was a baseball stadium. We called it Cardinal Stadium, but it was really a baseball stadium. And we needed, if we were going to have big time football, we need to build our own stadium and build it on campus. So we were able to get the LNN property that Louisville National property donated to us. They, that's where the site was, and then we did the same for all the sports park facilities, all the land that where the, the current sports facilities where we, we there was industrial buildings on all those sites. But the idea was right from the very beginning. I knew we needed if we were going to make football go, we had that we were paying rent to to the Cardinals and the fairgrounds. We were able to have our own stadium, and with that. We, we paid for it with a, without a penny of state dollars. It took more than seven years to do it. it, it I think we started the, the idea was probably 10 years in, in fruition. And Malcolm Chancey was with us from day one. And he, he would, he, he was such a good fan. Number one, but he had, he was a businessman and he was able to get a lot of people to donate and contribute and, 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 we had their money in, in the bank for years and years before we were finally able to put the shovel in the ground and start digging and build it. So it was it was something that it was something I thought we needed to make it unique and have all chair back seats. So we we bowled it in and uh, made it made it something with 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 the club seating and the things that we've done at Freedom Hall with the suites and everything. We were able to put the Brown Williamson Club from end zone to end zone and sell those seats and pay for the stadium. We had $18 million. It was a total of seven, a little over seven, $70 million for the whole stadium construction costs. We financed a little bit of it, even though we had money for the Cardinal Athletic Fund to pay off. The, we used that money to fully scholarship all of our teams. Yes. And the only thing that we didn't do when I retired was build the facilities for those teams to have equal footing to compete against the best teams in the country. They they couldn't compete without the facilities that they have now yes. and without scholarships. So that was all in place. It was all done because of the success that we had with Howard Snellenberg winning that Fiesta Bowl game, I think, was the key to beating Alabama like we did you know, on a national TV stage. It, it enabled us to schedule games at, at home in, at, at the time against Penn State, Joe Paterno, Nick Samuel was at Michigan State. We played them. And, and the bowl games that we went to, I don't think Howard ever lost a bowl game. He, uh, he told the players, 
aren't going to party until after the game's over with. So the other teams would come in and celebrate just getting the invitation to be in a bowl. Mm -hmm. Our team worked until the game was over with. And uh, we would beat teams like Michigan State and and Memphis in the Liberty Bowl. Even though we had done that and had some success, we really had We're going to have to do it again, Coach, because, Coach, we only have about 30. Oh, no, no, Coach. Coach, we've got to get you back on because I want to finish your story. So we'll talk today when you can come back because there's so much to get to. Coach Olson, you're the very best, and I'm going to get you back on within the next few days because I want you to finish. This is Eve Sports Radio. It is Wednesday. God willing, I'll be back Thursday, June the 22nd. Put a smile on someone's face. I love you. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.